Hey, I'm Ed. My name is Ezra. And this is the Revive Us podcast, and we're here today uh, continuing our series on Romans. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at chapter one. Mm-hmm. And uh, going through chapters, uh, verse one to 17, we're going up that first section, kind of the intro of the, the whole book. So uh, you can kind of like from the way Romans is structured, you can kind of see it as like four different blocks uh, altogether. The first block we're going into is chapters one to three, which could be called the problem block, which goes over the problem of humanity, which is sin and how we are hopelessly corrupt. And we go over multiple topics like sin, the depravity man, wrath, and it's Paul just goes in depth to see that humanity is basically corrupt. Then into chapter three, all the way to chapter eight, you have the second block, which is the solution which Paul goes also in depth to explain how Jesus saves us from all of this that happens uh, through the corruption of humanity. He saves us from all that. And Paul goes in depth to explain how he does that through his death on the cross. And we go over topics like salvation, justification, and faith. Uh, Third block would be Paul talking about Israel. And that goes to chapters nine to 11. And it kind of just asks the question, like is, god done with israel is since now gentiles are able to be accepted in the kingdom of god is god just done with israel and that question's asked and we go over topics like uh you know election that topic that everyone loves uh the sovereignty of god and how we are now the engrafted branches onto the family tree of god and then we get into the last block which is from chapters 12 to 16 which is i guess the practical life of a christian mm-hmm. and Paul just explains, like, as Christians, like, therefore, which he says a lot, which just means because of all this, this is how we need to live our lives. And uh, we see that the life of a Christian, the life of a follower of Jesus is one full of love, it's full of humility, and something that, you know, we don't like to talk about, but it's important, a life that is sacrificial. Mm. Not a lot of people like to talk about that. You know, sacrifice is not easy, but it's something we're all called to. Yeah, it's good. Romans starts off like this. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Uh, so this is like the basic introduction to letters in that time. They would just have a greeting, a prayer, and whatnot. And Paul just goes straight off to mention the prophets and the Holy Scriptures regarding Jesus' life. Because we have to remind ourselves that he's also talking to the Jewish audience. And he's mm. also telling them that Jesus is the messiah he's the promise from the old testament and he's the fulfillment of it all and he brings up david david is uh I, we, were, we were in missiology together i remember the one thing i remember from that class uh david was the standard of righteous kingship mm, i don't know if you wow. remember that yeah, yeah yeah and if you look at like the story of first and second kings and when a king dies it's always like he followed in the footsteps of his father, David, or, you know, he didn't follow in the steps of his father, David. Uh, and it's like that for everyone because David, it was the standard. 
of hmm. what a righteous king should be. Mm-hmm. And that's why God goes to verses like in Ezekiel. Hold on, let me pull up this verse. I should have prepared this, to be honest. This verse in Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel 37, 24 to 27. Let me just pull that out. Ezekiel 24, uh, 37, sorry, Ezekiel 37, 24. Hold up. Yeah. 3724. My servant David will be king over them, and they will all have one shepherd. They will follow my laws and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave my servant Jacob, the land where your ancestors lived. They and their children and their children's children will live there forever, and my and David, my servant, will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish with them and increase their number, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, and uh, sorry. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. And uh, keep this in mind: Ezekiel is like many, many centuries after David, and he's talking about this future king like david is going to come along and bring about this great era of peace and all the prophets in the old testament talk about this like zechariah and isaiah they talk about this moment when this king from david's line is going to come along and uh paul mentions it's regarding to his uh earthly life he was a son of david and we know that david he had a lot of sons you know some of them i can name off my head is like adonijah and solomon and then their children, like Rehoboam and whatnot, and after Rehoboam, is, is kind of like a whole downhill from there. And uh, But he also mentions, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm. Just saying that, you know, out of all the sons of David, David, and Jesus was the only one to prove that he was who he was because he raised from the dead. Mm. It was the spirit of God that raised him from the dead, and that shows that he was the one who was sent by God. He was the one to, to fulfill the promise. He was the one God promised all this time, all the way from the garden of Eden. When God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and the seed from her offspring will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Yeah. It's the fulfillment of everything. Yeah. And Paul's just making that clear. He, Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of the old Testament. And he wants to make this clear. Hmm. And he wants to, yeah. And and so, what does what does that give to the to the people of God? It, it says grace and peace to you from God our Father. You know there is grace. There's peace now. You know you're going through struggles and hardships and everything that's going on in Rome. But guess what? Peace is yours because the the Savior has come. You're not a part of you're not part of an earthly kingdom. The Roman government, it's running rampant right around you. Chaos. You're persecuted for your faith, but peace, be at peace. Jesus, Jesus is king. He's from the line of David. He's come to establish a new kind of kingdom, a heavenly kingdom, not one that's happening, not, not, not of Roman power, not one of Roman authority, but a heavenly kingdom. And so peace, have peace. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty profound mm-hmm. um, that he draws that conclusion from the line of David. Jesus is king. His kingdom is not an earthly one. Therefore, people in, and we were talking about this a little bit, I think, in the first podcast, we were like, they were, they were surrounded by the Romans. They were persecuted for their faith. Actually, the Jews themselves, they were kicked out of like Rome. Um, and they had just been starting to come back. So they were under extreme persecution, much mm-hmm. more than, than we are. Like, you know, imagine all the Christians getting kicked out of Ontario and getting sent to Quebec, you know? Mm. Um, Even worse, Manitoba. You know? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm originally from Manitoba, so I can make that joke. <laughs> it, I would be okay. Like, kick me out of, like, Alberta because <laughs> it's freezing cold. <laughs> but Oh, man. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And despite all this, it comes to verse eight and you, you just hear this cry from Paul. It's just like, you know, despite all this, I want to be with you. I just want to be with you. You're my people. I long to see you. Um, And this is, I think like me, like we were talking about this, I think before um, was verse 11 how it's like i long to see you so that i may impart to you some spiritual gifts to make mm-hmm. you strong mm-hmm. and uh just emphasizing the importance of like being together oh yeah and even um, like in verse 12 where it says that is uh that you and i may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith yeah paul would be encouraged like we consider paul like just i said last week a juggernaut of faith and it's like he's going to be encouraged by someone else's faith. It's like, yeah, we're all encouraged by each other's faith. Mm. I'm encouraged by a lot of people's faith. It's like, we all are. We need the assistance from other people to, you know, keep this up. This isn't yeah. a race we're running by ourselves. Yeah. We always need the help of others. And so, like, you know, I want to, I, I, to some degree, I do want to apply this to what's going on right now. And and this, maybe you're listening to this, you know, two, three years and and covid's passed (laughs) yeah but you know we need each other and so we need whether that's calling someone up on the phone or that's sending a letter or that means uh going out for coffee and you're sitting in two separate vehicles we need each other like we need need to encourage one another um god is not like called us to be the lone wolf um we're called to run in a pack mm-hmm. uh, we're know? like a flock you know jesus is our shepherd yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i guess let's continue from there mm-hmm. uh verse 13 is like i do not want you to be unaware brothers and sisters that i plan many times to come to you but have been prevented from doing so until now in order that i may make a harvest among you just as i've had among the other gentiles uh to keep this in mind paul's actually never been to the church in rome but he knows the people there. Like he mentions at the end of 16, Priscilla, Killa, all those other people. But he has never actually visited there himself. This would be like, if he came to visit, that would be his first time. Uh, so he's, he's aware of that church. Like he's mentions, like, I've heard of, like the whole world's heard of your amazing works you've done. And it's great. And your faith and whatnot, it's been known. And, uh, but he hasn't actually been there himself. Mm. And he says he wants to make a harvest among you, you know, uh, wants to, like plant seeds and see the harvest that God has made in all of them. Yeah. This is like the work of God. It's not something like Paul has done. He's like, he fully admits it. It's like, mm-hmm. 
and, and that's the amazing thing. He totally knows that he has not um, um, cultivated anything. Um, he he's he's trusting that the people there in Rome have already been cultivating the ground, spreading the gospel, spreading the good news, and uh, that that has been plowing the fields of people's hearts. And um, and like this has spoken so much to me. I because so often so often like and I've struggled with this is feeling like sometimes I have to just like, sh- you know, I gotta, I gotta see people saved. I gotta share the gospel as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But I forget so often that God has already placed certain people in people's lives um, to uh, be that witness. Um, I don't need to be everywhere and everything to all people. Um, I'm just one man. And, and and I'm just trusting that the Lord will 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 take what I have and what other people have to um, spread the good news, and then that one person will come along and cultivate a massive harvest. Oh yeah! Um, when, we, when we evangelize, sometimes we think like we're going to be the ones to save. Them. There's like yeah. no no way are you saving anybody. You don't have the potential to save yourself. It's like how can you save anyone? Jesus is the one saving people. He's the savior, not you. Yeah. Well, I heard an interesting stat um, that most people who are saved, um, they who are non-Christians, they're living in the uh, workforce, uh, grown up non-Christian, all that. They have had usually about seven encounters with different Christians, seven godly uh, encounters and usually by the seventh or eighth encounter they finally accept christ mm-hmm. and it's so it's a process you know that yeah it's a process mm-hmm. you're um, you're planting seed maybe you're the one who planted the seed but you know everyone else is watering watering yeah. but god's the only one who makes things grow like paul makes this clear in first corinthians it's like yeah. i'm not the one you know paul i was the one planted seed apollos watered it god's the one who made it grow not us yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know, and it's to all people, you know, mm-hmm. Paul was obligated to Greeks and non-Greeks. We're obligated to all people. And, and this can be emphasized more. It doesn't matter what they look like, say or do. Um, they need Christ. I'll share this story. I, uh, we, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember going in to deliver a, a package um at post off at the post office and i i drive up with my package and i park next to this jeep and it has this massive like a snow plow blade on it is like rusty dumpy little jeep and and it is like this really really rough looking guy and i'm like wow this guy's crazy and i look at the back and it just says like porn hub across the uh, the back and i'm like Oh man, that's ridiculous. I so I go in and then I deliver my package and I come out and this Jeep is running and it's still there. It's turned around to the opposite way. And I'm like, what are these guys doing? They're gonna try and jump me or something. <laughs> but I ended up finding out it ended up being that this guy, there's an, a second guy in the vehicle now had hit my car and he was waiting there to apologize. And he's like, dude, I didn't want to run off. I'm so sorry. Um, what can I do? Can I pay you back or anything? And he's like, 
man, if I had weed on me, I'd give you some weed. And it's like, no, I'm good, man. But it was this genuine heart of like, he was real. And, and I had come driving in with my package to deliver my package. I looked at this guy, I looked at his Jeep, I looked at the words on his Jeep. And I said, man, I just want to stay away from this guy. And then after they left, God just like spoke to my spirit. And he just said, Ed, I came to save those people. I came to save those lost, those Mm -hmm. who are so far in, into their sin, into wickedness. I came for those people. I love those people. I died for those people. And and I want to save those people. And it was just so encouraging. Yeah. A doctor doesn't come to the healthy. He goes to the sick. No. Like Jesus said, it's like, Jesus came to save. He didn't come to save good people. Yeah. You're a good person. I like, he, like Jesus didn't come for you. He came for the sinners. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to be afraid that, you know, oh, the gospel, like, we don't have to be afraid of the gospel. Like, verse 16 it continues and it's like i am not ashamed of the gospel Mm -hmm. because it is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes you know whatever if they they make fun or whatever we know we have the power of god going for us Mm -hmm. and uh verse 16 like i don't know about you ed but i listen to like uh a lot of christian hip-hop i don't know about you yeah a little bit yeah, and uh, a very popular verse, like from mostly from Reach Records, is uh, Romans one sixteen or one one six, as they call it. And uh, it's a very popular verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's a good message, but I feel like a lot of people we say that, but like we don't understand the implications that has, mm. what that really means. Like we say it, like we say a lot of verses, like John three sixteen. Mm. We say that, like, oh yeah, God so loved the world. We say those verses all the time, and it's just like, do we understand the baggage that carries? Hmm. like this verse is so common but like it's barely understood or practiced yeah like we don't share the gospel because we're ashamed of it and we are ashamed of it because maybe sometimes we don't really know it that well yeah yeah Yeah, we Uh, don't know the power of it the power mm -hmm. of god Mm -hmm. or maybe we haven't even it's almost like maybe we haven't even experienced the power of god (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, like we can go to church our whole life. I've been to church, like I was raised in a church and I didn't experience it for a long time there. It's like, man, I never had an impact on me. And uh, like it says, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You know, Mm. like I said before, like we're ashamed of it because we maybe because we probably don't know it that well. It it didn't have that big of an impact on us. And if we truly understood the gospel and the weight and power it carries, we would be compelled to share it and show everyone. Uh, I'm inspired by this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, the word of God is like a lion. You don't need a need to protect the lion. You have to set the let the lion loose. You know, mm. like you let the word of God speak for itself. Because mm. mm. it has power. It has like it, the weight that it carries. It's just it it compels people to share it. And once we truly understand the gospel, it's it's just an amazing experience to like when you fully understand it. Yeah. Uh, like I'll be real. Does. Like I'll be real. Like I'm be honest. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is for everyone. Like I'm scared to sometimes share the gospel. Mm. Oh but, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I'm be like, here's, here's some advice for everyone. You're never going to feel comfortable. Like maybe mm. you will get used to, it, but it's never going to feel naturally comfortable to you. However, it is the love that God has put in our hearts that compels us to tell people about Jesus. 
like it says in first john uh chapter four perfect love casts out fear mm. Mm. once we understand the love and the grace that he has shown us we're like that fear is just like yeah i might be a little scared but i'm more compelled to love this person than fear not telling them yeah the gospel is its own power source we forget that sometimes it's like we have to share it for it to have power no 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 gospel has power it's on its own you the gospel doesn't like here's the truth the gospel doesn't need you mm. like we feel like like it's gonna have power when i say it. it's like no it always has power yeah gospel of jesus empowers us to share the good news yeah even when faced with death the gospel is more important than life hmm. and yeah it's the gospel just the power and we're gonna see the power of the gospel when uh, like I said in last episode, uh, we see how salvation is explained and we get to see the power of the gospel and how Paul explains it. And it's just amazing. But today we live in a world where Christians are not sharing the gospel that much. And it's caused, uh, it's, mm. it's, it's caused some problems. You know, we're supposed to be the light of the world, but we've also descended into darkness with this world. And we're supposed to be salt, salt and light. But like Jesus said, what happens when salt loses its saltiness? It's only good to be walked over, you know? Trampled on. That's why people don't take this seriously. It's like a lot of people to be like, oh, those Christians, whatever. They just want my money, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd say, oh, just are you saying? Go ahead. I know it's all good. You go first. Um, Yeah. You know, and what does the gospel reveal? Mm -hmm. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I mentioned, like the major theme, we're going to see this quite a bit. The righteousness of God is one of the major themes of Romans. And we're going to see that a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so how would you, uh, do you have a definition there of what the righteousness of God is? Like for just righteousness itself, like the simplest one would just be just to be morally right. Like God is perfectly good. Yeah. Like he doesn't do wrong. He doesn't do, he practice injustice. He's perfectly right in everything he does. Like righteousness is the like the definition I had last time was the quality of being morally right or justifiable. God is the standard of good. Yes. There is so no he, sin in his presence. No. Like that's why Adam ever cast out the presence of God, because sin mm. can't exist. Like, why do you think people couldn't enter the holy of holies? It's because yeah. we're in a sinful state the presence of god is kind of deadly to us yes yes well i i think that's important you hit a a key point of righteousness like god is fully righteous adam and eve they got kicked out so so if we're looking at verse seven it says for the for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last so like from Mm -hmm. beginning to end that is by Mm -hmm. faith and mm-hmm. just take a look at what Adam and Eve did. The only thing they had to do was put their faith in God, that God knew what was better, that God knew what was right, um, that I'm going to put my faith in him. I'm going to trust him. What did they do? They took took away the, their faith. He, he took, he, uh, like, he, they removed their faith in God, and it led them to sin. And, uh, and there goes the righteousness it's gone and that's all they had to do they just had to put their faith in god and and they would be fine they'd be pure they'd be clean mm-hmm. um before his sight yeah 
And I love that verse, uh, verse 17. Like I mentioned it last week, one of the verses I mentioned. And the righteousness that is grouped by faith from first to last. And I love that because a lot of times we think like, yeah, we're saved by grace. But I need these good works to, you know, keep it going, you know? Mm. I need a good streak. Yeah, I need to keep it up. And that's more like a more Catholic theology, but that's nowhere biblical. He makes apostles make clear that we can't be justified by works. Our salvation starts by faith, continues in faith, and ends in faith. faith. It's all about faith. Yes, it's all about faith. See, Mm -hmm. that's what's so fascinating because it Mm -hmm. says here, faith by righteousness. Like you, you said that, you know, with like righteousness is perfection. It's sinlessness. And um, we cannot earn righteousness. And mm-hmm. there's a great picture in the Old Testament. Um, I feel like I know what verse you're probably going to go to. Well, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on, I, it's, it's, it's actually on um, the sacrificial system. Okay, I wasn't thinking of that one, but I'll probably <laughs> say mine after yours, but you can say yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sacrificial system um, was a great picture of God's righteousness. Now, mm-hmm. let me paint this picture. In order, in order to come before God, because God is fully righteous, uh, the Israelites would constantly, every day, would have to bring a lamb. And they would take this lamb to the tent of meeting. And the tent of meeting is where the Ark of the Covenant dwelt, is where God was. And they would take the lamb, they would take it to uh, the front of the tent of meeting, and they would slaughter it. And then after they slaughtered it, they would take out and gut it, and they would take the fat portions and the organs, and then they would burn it on the altar. And so here you get this picture of the tent or, or, or the tabernacle as a place, even the temple, once the temple was built, same thing would have happened, a place that was a slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. constant blood, outpouring, 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 outpouring. And so these priests, these priests were dressed in white. They're pure white because they are supposed to represent Christ to some degree. He's interceding for us. But here, They're slaughtering lambs over and over again. The blood is spilling onto their white robes and they're constantly killing. It's a constant reminder of God's righteousness. He is holy. You cannot come towards God. There needs to be a shedding of blood. Like, and and there is nothing that you can do. Nothing. What they would do was actually lay their hands on the sheep as they slaughtered it, trusting that you know, their sin and everything, the Lord would, would forgive them. Um, but that's, and, and then on top of that, after they burnt the, sh- uh, burnt, did the burnt offering, they would take the burnt offering, they go outside the camp and, and they would pile up all this, all these, um, all the, all the burnt lamb and it would be like constant smoke. And so there was, I think it was called the Valley of Hin, uh, where they would dump some of these, these uh, the burnt offerings after they were done with them. And it was said that there was constant smoke continually, day after day, day after day. And it would just, it would almost be like a constant reminder of their sin, mm. but God's righteousness. Mm. 
And so you get this sense of like, God is absolutely righteous. There, there isn't enough lamb, lamb, enough bulls, not enough doves or goats in this world to satisfy the righteousness of God. Blood mm -hmm. has to be spilled over and over and over again. And then here's the, here's the kicker. Guess what? You can have righteousness if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, because mm -hmm. Jesus Christ was the perfect lamb of God. We put our hands, we slayed him in the presence of God. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we put our faith in him. And that blood was enough. It was more powerful than the blood of lambs and goats. Mm -hmm. And it took away our sin. And now we stand righteous before God. So that's mm -hmm. just a great, amazing picture of how righteous God is. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you went over God's righteousness. I'm talking about now I'm going to mention the non-existent human righteousness. Yes. And the verse I was thinking of was Isaiah 64, 6. And the verse goes, all of us have become like one who is unclean. All our, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Mm -hmm. We are all shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind, our sin sweeps us away. Now, I'm be honest, like in Hebrew, I believe in Hebrew, it's a lot more graphic. Like instead of filthy rags, like it's a lot more dirtier. Like I believe it means, <laughs> I think this is what it means, uh, menstrual rags. It's very disgusting. Yes. And that's how like our good works, <laughs> our righteous acts are like to God. Like, think about it like this, like, Ed, let's just say it's your birthday mm. and I'm about to give you a gift for your birthday and I get you a clean white shirt. And as I hand it off to you, like my hands were like filthy, like they're covered in mud. And when I handed it off to you, you saw like my handprints on it and you're like, what are you, how are you going to react to that? Like my muddy handprints are on the white shirt that I gave you. What are you going to do with that? Like, why'd you do that? <laughs> like, like, go and wash it. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like, it's useless, right? But like, how are you going to wash it when your hands are still filthy? Like the dirt's not coming off. Yeah, it's not and possible. Our good works to God are filthy because it's covered in hands. Like it's been touched by hands that didn't sin. Yeah. And that's why we're all filthy. Even like the good we do, the good we think we do, honestly, mm -hmm. it's not even good in God's eyes because God looks more into the action, looks at the heart. Yeah. A lot of times we do good, like just to prove that we're good. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if, like, we can give to a homeless person, but, like, if I'm vlogging about it, it's like, yo, I just gave all these homeless, food, homeless people food, and, you know, I'm just, like, such a good person. Like, if I have to prove to other people and to myself that I'm good, then am I really good? Hmm. Like, if I was good, do I, I wouldn't need a reminder. Like, what's in your heart? Is there pride? Like, yeah. What and it's like, that? I don't, like, I wouldn't need that reminder if I was good. Like, for example, like I'm Ethiopian. I don't need that reminder that I am. I know I'm already Ethiopian. I don't, if I needed a reminder, that'd be kind of ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. If we were good, we wouldn't need a reminder. So why are we doing good things? Like we do good things just to make ourselves feel good. Like we're doing it out of selfishness. We're not doing it out of love. So the yeah. good we do, like our motives can be terrible in God's eyes and be like, this isn't even good. Yeah. Like I'm doing good to prove that I'm good to myself. Like that's, you're not even doing it out of love. It's like, you don't even care. A lot of people might say like, oh, no, deep down I care. And it's just, you know, I don't know your heart, but God does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, there's this passage, I think it's in first John 
Um, and it's like talking about every liar, every thief, every um, blasphemer is in danger of hell. Like it doesn't matter. Like what you have done, like this is, this is what's coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we want to, like, we want to share with you, like, again, remember the righteousness of God um, comes through faith. He offers it. It's a free gift. It's, that's what the good news is all about. Um, and what we're all about. We want to share the good news to, to everyone. Jesus Christ, he, he opens his arms to you. He loves you. He cares about you. He desires to have a friendship with you. Um, he's not He's not going to reject you because of everything that you have done in your past, no matter how wicked, how evil. Um, you mm-hmm. can come to him as you are. You are loved today, wherever mm-hmm. you are at. And um, we just pray that this would just encourage you today, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you are. At your in your spiritual walk with God, and um, and yeah, so um, we hope this encouraged you, uh, strengthened you, and we'll and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.